Welcome to the Homeschool Loftcast, a podcast presented by the Homeschool Loft in De Pere, Wisconsin. Our goal at the Loft is to encourage parents who educate their children at home and let them know that they are both called to and empowered for the task of home-based education. At the Loft itself, we offer one-on-one consultations, book clubs and discussion groups, workshops and seminars, and a curriculum viewing library. Through the Loftcast, we extend our reach to encourage and bless homeschooling parents everywhere. Today, we are welcoming one of my very best friends in the whole wide world, Denise Wadzinski. Um, I feel like I've known her forever, but I believe we actually didn't meet until about the fall of 2012 when our kids were 11, 10, and 9 years old. And it was right around the time that she and her husband Galen began their family's homeschool journey. My daughters and her daughter quickly became really good friends and our two families basically consider each other to be family to each other. And now Denise is here to share about her homeschooling journey in general and then specifically as it relates to homeschooling a child with autism. Welcome, Denise. Hi, thank you for having me. My pleasure, our pleasure. (laughs) Our pleasure. Yes. (laughs) Well, I don't know you as well as Tina knows you. And so tell us a little bit about yourself, your family. Well, I grew up on a dairy farm in rural Clintonville, Wisconsin. Mm. Uh, I was born and raised there my whole childhood, childhood, and I uh, went to college in Madison. UW Madison in you nursing. To tell about it. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, and I met my now husband uh, there as well. And we were married in 1991. Shortly thereafter, moved to the Seattle area and lived out there for about a dozen years or mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. Um, during that time out there, we had not had children yet. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you, I didn't want children mm-hmm. uh, during that time. I really felt like people thought it was expected. That you have children, mm-hmm. then you get married and have kids. And and I didn't, I wanted to want them, yeah. but mm-hmm. I didn't want them. <laughs> this, is hope for, this is hope for my mother's heart. <laughs> Sometimes my kids say, mom, I don't want to have kids. But yeah, so <laughs> I'm hopeful, guys. Uh, the Lord had intervened mm-hmm. in my life in December of 1999 and had brought me to him. And I became a Christian at that time. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing, isn't it? How he completely changes you. Absolutely. Like a 180, right? Mm -hmm, Yeah. Uh, And so Galen was uh, a Christian he claimed to be Mm -hmm. um, at an age during his college, early college years before I knew him and had fallen away. And so when God was working in my life during that time, um, he, he he tells me he had this prayer, um, Lord, I don't know what you're doing in her life, but I'll go along with it. (laughs) <laughs> so, um, God had, uh, really worked on him during that same time. And lo and behold, a few months later, we had talked about starting a family. Mm. So, um, we had had, uh, two miscarriages mm. to start with, which was of course, extremely difficult. Yeah. But then our first daughter came along in the summer of 2002 and 14 and a half months later, our son came along. <laughs> surprise. Yeah. Well, it wasn't a surprise. No, I know. I get it. <laughs> and, uh, and we decided that it was time to come back home, mm. to be by our family, that we didn't want to raise our children 2,000 miles away. And we wanted them to know their family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so it was a very natural feeling to want to come back to Wisconsin. So in 
2004, we came back to Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. So the kids were really little at that point. Mm -hmm. And before we jump into all the homeschool stuff, why don't you tell us your autism story? Connor's now 18 years old and he was diagnosed when he was pretty young. And I know this story, but tell our audience how that all came to be. So I will kind of back up just a hair Mm -hmm. to let you know, and there's a point to this. (laughs) When Lilia, our daughter, Mm -hmm. um, was born, she had colic Mm. for the first three months of her life. And and being new parents, we didn't. <laughs> You're like, what are we getting into? <laughs> oh, good grief. And I remember talking to the pediatrician's office and giving them her signs and symptoms. And, and she, the nurse I spoke to said, it sounds like she has classic colic. And I said, what do I do? And she said, nothing. It will end. <laughs> In the meantime, just it's hard. Have support. You know, if you need to go in a different room, do it. Mm. You know, it can be so challenging. Mm-hmm. And she was right. It, three months later, almost like to the day, it ended. And mm. I remember saying to Lilia, I said, well, hi, <laughs> stop crying. Yeah. It's nice to meet you. I'm your mother. And, okay. and it was, it was wonderful. Yeah. You know, after that, Connor, when he was born, he had colic. And I thought, like, what are the chances? Like statistically, really, <laughs> what are the chances? Yes. And I don't know if I can do this again. And during that time, Galen's uh, my husband, mm-hmm. his his job was going to be ending. Their company had been bought out by another company and he was going to be losing his job, but it was going to be within six months. Mm. So we had, Connor was born mm-hmm. during that time. So he was able to spend a lot of time with me, helping me with a one-year-old mm-hmm. and with a colicky new son. Mm. The thing with Connor, our son, mm-hmm. is that, his colic never ended. Mm. It just seemed to last forever. He was always just really fussy mm. and sometimes inconsolable. He had some sensory issues early on that I noticed. Because you're a nurse. We didn't mention that, but you are a nurse. Right. So retired. <laughs> but by training, you yes. have that background, right? right? So as a registered nurse, I knew some of those signs and symptoms of autism, but I never, ever said it out loud. Mm. I never said it to my husband. It was just something that I tucked away that mm. Connor had some mannerisms that weren't as normal, so to speak, mm-hmm. as our daughter. Mm. And um, so when he had his uh, 18-month pediatrician visit. Um, I had spoken to the pediatrician about some of the things that I was seeing. Mm -hmm. And she said that, well, he is a boy. They develop later. She had um, said, you know, every kid is different and really didn't take me very seriously. Mm. The other thing is that he was having some breathing or snoring issues during his sleep. Mm. And I brought that to her attention and she recommended that we see an EMT specialist, an ear, nose, throat doctor. Mm -hmm. So we did. Mm -hmm. And during that time, we had gone into the office, just Connor and I, and you know how that is. You are in the waiting room, you get called back to the exam room Mm -hmm. and you wait. (laughs) Yes. It's the second waiting room, right? Exactly. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And sometimes you wait for quite a while. And Connor being as fussy as he was, I mean, I seemed like I was a monkey half the time trying to jump through hoops, trying to Mm -hmm. keep him from not crying or screaming Mm. or, you know, always trying to accommodate him. Finally, the doctor walked in, he did an exam the best he could (laughs) and uh, which was challenging. And he could clearly see that I was trying my best, Mm. you know, to uh, keep this kid focused and um, not to be too fussy. And so when he got done with his exam, 
he said, well, first of all, his breathing is fine. His tonsils are enlarged, da, 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 whatever. But he's okay. He should be fine. Mm-hmm. He says, but what I do want to tell you is that, um, and I'm not trying to scare you, but in my practice, and I've been doing this a long time, mm-hmm. I have found that children this age who tend to be this fussy mm-hmm. have turned out to have autism. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I had actually heard the word out loud. Yeah. So it was hard. Was that like yeah. a gut punch? I mean, it was. Yeah. Um, but he looked, he made me cry. Yeah. And he looked at me and he says, but you're doing a great job, mom. Mm-hmm. You know? So um, I said, what do I do? And yeah. he said, well, you're going to need to talk to your primary care doctor about it. So um, I did. We waited until the two year visit. Mm. We changed pediatricians. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, she was uh, coming up with the same conclusions that we were very quickly and um, referred us to a pediatric neurologist mm-hmm. in the area that you know as yes. well. Mm-hmm. And he was able to make the diagnosis very quickly. Mm. We had had to have a hearing test done before that and a 22 lead EEG done. Oh my gosh. Wow. On a two-year-old who has autism and his sensory issues yeah. and all of this. Yes. It was nightmarish. Yeah. It was horrible mm. because the EEG needs to be sleep deprived. Oh, so they can monitor the brainwave activity oh during the falling asleep process. Okay. Yep. So yeah, that wow. was, that really, really was a nightmare. I came home and just, I put him to bed and I just, cried. And how, oh wait, how old was he at this point? Two. Two years old. He was 25 months, maybe mm. something like that. So those results went to the pediatric neurologist along with the hearing. And I knew he could hear. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> he may not like, I, I could say Connor, Connor, Connor a yeah. hundred times and he would not turn his head. Mm. He wouldn't pay any attention to us. But as soon as I opened that refrigerator door, trust mm. me, he heard the door open, right. you know, yeah. so I knew he could hear. Yeah. 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 He wasn't paying attention yeah. to our verbal cues. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like I said, we went to the, the pediatric neurologist. He was able to make the diagnosis very quickly. Mm-hmm. He met, Connor met all the major criteria. Um, there's a laundry list of criteria. Mm-hmm. There's three or four major ones. He met all of them very easily. But with that said, mm-hmm. he didn't consider Connor severe. Now you have to understand mm-hmm. from a pediatric neurologist standpoint, he sees the severest of the severe. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Connor was walking, mm-hmm. you know, he had motor skills, mm-hmm. um, but he wasn't babbling. He never babbled. Mm. He never, he was completely nonverbal. Wow. He had poor eye contact. Mm-hmm. He was socially distant. Mm-hmm. He didn't play with toys n- normally, mm-hmm. like you would expect a two-year-old to play with. Right. So um, that's how that came to be. Wow. Wow. So you very actively pursued interventions in his preschool years. For right. example, before he was old enough to attend, and to attend school. What did that entail? A lot. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> And what did you see happen to Connor as a result of all that work? Because I can't even imagine. So here you are at this point. This is, I mean, this is up until right before preschool, right? And now here you are. It's the beginning. You're just trying to pick up every piece. Right. And. Yeah. It's kind of plopped on your lap. Right. So I will 
I will admit that there was personally a period of, I'll call it mourning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, understandably so, because you, we all have these views in our head about sure. what our children will be. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't have time <laughs> to mourn. No. Yeah. I mean, I was a full-time RN. Mm-hmm. My husband worked full-time. Mm-hmm. We had just built mm-hmm. a brand new home. <laughs> and had a brand new mortgage payment to go with it. Yep. Um, and you have a and, three-year-old and a two-year-old. Right. So. Right. And this diagnosis came six months after we built our home, wow. moved into our home. So yeah, it was a lot. The pediatric neurologist ordered an anti-seizure medication mm. because on the EEG, Connor had some abnormal spiking in his left temporal lobe, which is kind of the speech area mm-hmm. of the brain as well. Okay. And um, so he was on that for a year. Um, I won't go into the details of that because it's, but it was challenging. Mm-hmm. And the doctor gave us a couple of brochures and kind of left us go on our way. It was, it was tough. Mm-hmm. But the Lord, being who he is, <laughs> taking care of us in ways that we don't even know that we realize that we need. Yeah. But, but Lord. Yeah. Right. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, I had a coworker who was one of the nursing supervisors who had heard through the grapevine at the hospital that Denise's son was recently diagnosed with autism. She called me at home mm. and she said, Denise, get a piece of paper and a pen, sit down and start taking notes. I mean, she just, <laughs> wow. She just started telling me what to do because she had a son, has a son with autism. She's a registered nurse. Her mm-hmm. husband was a psychologist. Mm-hmm. And so they endeavored to put all of their effort into whatever they could to help yeah. their son. Maximizing their son's right. capabilities, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They had done their research and yeah. they were very, very knowledgeable, mm-hmm. especially when it came to not just hearsay, but when it came to um, studies and reading the studies and and looking at things like that. I will say also to back up just a little bit, when we got the diagnosis from the pediatric neurologist, now remember this is 16, 16 years ago, mm-hmm. Connor's 18 now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so th- times have changed. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but back then he told us that three to 5%, only three to 5% of these kiddos grow up to be independent. Mm. That in some way, shape or form, they need assistance, whether it be like as far as like an institution Mm. or a group home or um, living with family or parents or, you know, whatever that they need some in varying degrees, they need some sort of assistance, Mm. Um, but only three to 5%. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's changed now, but back then that's what it was. And I remember in my mind, um, thinking, okay, what do I need to do to help Connor reach that three to 5%? Mm. That's mm-hmm. what, what went through my mind. Yeah. It's not that he's going to be the other 95. Right. Tell me what I need to do to make him as independent, to help him be yeah. as independent as possible. So when this coworker had called me and I was taking notes, she was telling me all the things that I need to do. Yeah. That included uh, birth to three, because Connor was two years old at the time. So the birth to three program, which included occupational therapy and speech therapy. Um, we did a Wisconsin Early Autism Project, which was called WEEP. I don't know what it's called now. Sure. I think it, but it was an ABA, Applied Behavioral Analysis mm-hmm. um, type therapy, mm-hmm. um, which is very, very common mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was relatively new. 
back then. And so we had done that. I had gone to a support group for parents um, with children that had autism. I'd only gone to one meeting. Both my husband and I had gone to to one meeting. It just so happened that they had, I just say, it just Just so so happened. happened. (laughs) Because here's the Lord intervening again, right? Yes. Um, They had a guest speaker. And the guest speaker uh, worked with a program called PEX, P-E-C-S, PEX. It's called a Picture Exchange Communication System. And it is a series of pictures Mm -hmm. that um, children or people, I should say, who are unable to verbally communicate can communicate by pictures. Mm -hmm. It is a very, um, I would say, a long process. And I had heard... Uh, going forward, I had heard different people say, well, that doesn't work. That Mm -hmm. doesn't work. But I ended up going to a class. Mm -hmm. Um, I was the only parent in the class. The other people in the, in the PECS class were uh, speech therapists, Mm -hmm. uh, teachers Mm -hmm. for special needs kids and so on. But there's a very um, process. There's a very real, um, logical mm-hmm. process mm-hmm. to go through to make it work correctly. Oh. And I wanted to make sure if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it the right way. Yeah. Because so, Connor's going to be in that three to 5%. You got it. Right. Yes. <laughs> so, so I went through the class Yeah. and um, we started working with Connor. So during the time he's in birth to three, we're having OT come, we were having speech come to the house and I was starting this, this PECS program. Yep. It was crucial. It was really an integral part of his learning how to speak. Now, mm-hmm. taking uh, that class and going through this process doesn't mean that they're going to speak. They're mm-hmm. not forced. The, the, the purpose of the program, if they do learn how to speak and they do, mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. But that's not the goal. Mm-hmm. The goal is just to communicate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if they speak, they speak. If they don't, they don't. But regardless, they can communicate with you through pictures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was working. Good. It really, really was working. He yeah. didn't have to go through all of the stages because he started speaking. Mm-hmm. But we did go through quite a few of the stages mm-hmm. of it. And um, I, I can't say enough about it. It really, really. And we did still hear from people from time to time. Well, that doesn't work. Well, because you're not doing it right. Yeah, <laughs> I hate yeah. to say it, I but mean, right. <laughs> You're seeing it work. So it's working, right? right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it was really, really important. Those were tough, tough years. Uh, we had therapists coming to the house uh, through the Wisconsin Early Autism Project. We private paid um, in the beginning because there was a waiver at the time. Again, I don't know what it's like today. Sure. But it was through the county mm-hmm. um, state program, mm-hmm. um, but monitored by the county. Mm-hmm. And um we were on a waiting list mm. and we didn't know how long that waiting list would be. It's not, it, and it depends on your income, how much mm-hmm. it was subsidized. Let me put it to you that way. Sure. Um, but the waiting list was going to be, they said about a year long. Mm. We weren't going to wait a year. Because no, because there's a window of opportunity, absolutely. right? The earlier you can start intervention, absolutely. the better the kiddos will be. Right? Absolutely. Put a, bold that and put an underline on it and an exclamation and whatever, highlight it. Yeah, absolutely. The earlier you start, the better. Mm-hmm. So, um, it was hard. Mm-hmm. I, it's kind of a blur. 
really when I think <laughs> I about bet. it. I mean, you just did the very next thing. That's mm-hmm. just what you did. Yeah. This happened, that happened, right? You just picked it up and you said, all right, let's go. Let's, right. We got to do this. And without yep. even batting an eyelash. Yeah. I had it. to just put one yeah. foot in front of the yeah. other. Wasn't really sure. Yeah. You know, one, sure. when one day ended and the other. Began. No. Right. But that's what we had to do. And we were seeing progress, mm-hmm. you know, right from the beginning. Yeah. He, he said his first word. It was the word up. <laughs> and that happened while we were uh, swinging him with the occupational therapist oh. in a blanket because he liked that movement. Mm. Wow. And when we stopped, he really wanted us to do it again. And we said up, you know, we could, you know, and he finally oh. said it. That was his first word. Oh. So it had to, we discovered pretty quickly that, you know, it's not his fault that he has autism. Right. But boy, can he be stubborn. <laughs> If you want that bad, you're going to say that word. Yeah. And he did. Yeah. You know, and that's part of the picture exchange communication system is almost to lure them or tempt them with something they might want. Yeah. And if you want this, you either give me the picture, you're going to say the word. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So he was stubborn. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever works, right? Right. Right. Yeah. So we saw progress, you know, during those. And by the time... His name came um, off the waiting list on the waiver. We had uh, seven, maybe eight months Mm. of therapy in already. Ah. And those were crucial, crucial Irreplaceable time. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So in all of this, homeschooling was not on your radar. Oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) I mean, you might've been like, okay, I need Lilia to go to school. And then I do eventually need Connor to go to school because I need to sleep. I need to breathe. I need to eat. (laughs) All these different things. Right. Um, So Lilia went to, she started in kindergarten, right? She went to uh, preschool. Like a 4k kind of Yeah. She went to 3k, 4k, but it was in a, a, at Bayside Academy. Okay. So a Christian preschool. A Christian preschool. Yeah. I was teaching at the time. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If we think back, wait, what, what was the year? Because Madeline was there for a quick minute. Oh, Mary taught the first year. Yeah. Probably 2004, 2005, Jean, 2006, Jean? right? Yeah. yeah. Jean, yeah. Jean. After Jean that. Yeah. yeah. So she, Lillian, graduated yeah. from kindergarten there yeah. with Miss Jean. Oh. Yeah. She loved them both. Right. Yeah. Well, and then Connor eventually started. Did he go to the preschool as well? Or did so you wait for kindergarten for him? He, when he turned three, mm-hmm. birth to three ends. Yes. Like on the day. They okay. don't go. Mm-mm. They don't go after that. So he started the, uh, what's it called? Um, early childhood. Oh, okay. He started yes. early childhood. Okay. And that was through the public school. That district. was through the public school system. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he did that for whatever, three years. Yeah. Yeah. Cause his birthday is in September. So right. he was, he started school. He was older for his class. So to right. speak. Right. Um, so he did that mm-hmm. after birth to three. Okay. Right. So is that why both kids were in public school for a time? Because he had started in that program right. and we didn't know any different. Right. I mean, I went to public school my right. husband went to public or my husband went to private Catholic school, but mm-hmm. I mean, we were in brick and mortar schools. Right. I yeah. did. I, I had heard of homeschool in the way distant, you know, <laughs> but I, I, didn't, I didn't ever think that it would be for me. And I certainly didn't ever think I was qualified mm. to homeschool. Um, I didn't have any preconceived ideas of what homeschooling families were. Mm-hmm. I have heard those since, but I haven't, I didn't have that. I just didn't think that it would be anything that we would do. Yeah. Plus I worked. Yeah. Yeah. And my husband worked mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we work full time. 
Right. You know, I did cut my hours eventually, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, so it wasn't ever on our radar. Um, and for Connor to receive the services that he did in the early childhood program, which again, was speech and OT, mm-hmm. um, you had to be in the system. Right. Yeah. Right. So, right. So that was the primary, I mean, not knowing, not thinking about anything different. And then the services that he needed, the kids were in public school. Right. For how long then? So even though they're only 14 and a half months apart, they're two years apart because of where their birthdays land. Mm-hmm. So Lilia is, was two grades ahead of Connor. Mm-hmm. So he entered kindergarten in the public school and she was in second grade mm-hmm. and he did very well, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a fantastic teacher mm-hmm. and she allowed me to volunteer <laughs> in the program or in the, in the school. Yeah. So I was able to kind of keep an eye on things too. And I'm kind of that way. <laughs> anyway, I like to, amen. I like <laughs> to get your hands in there. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to call myself a control freak, but I'm just saying that I like to have my hands. Well, it's sure. they're your children. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> right. And even though I didn't know anything about homeschool at the time, I wanted to be involved. Yeah. I had these kids because I wanted to have them. That's right. And I wanted to be in their lives. Mm-hmm. I will be honest with you. I hated putting them on the school bus. Yeah. I hated it every day. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to see them go. I wanted to just be with them. I didn't know a thing about homeschool though. Yeah. yeah. Had I known, you know. Yeah. 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 But you didn't. No. So. Uh, what impact did those services have on Connor? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yet. Not a lot. <laughs> we are sitting here at the homeschool off, folks. Okay. <laughs> so birth of three was great. But then after that, and his kindergarten teacher was great. Yeah, but she's putting her notes down, folks. She's putting the notes down. The gloves are coming off. Yeah. Let's get in the ring. (laughs) Not a lot. I'm not trying to uh, just say this is what my husband and I did. This is what we did. We did. We did. Okay. But we did. Of course you did. Yes, of course you did. We did a lot. Mm -hmm. A lot of it was on us. A lot of it was on uh, Connor's therapist. He had fantastic therapists during, he had therapy from the age, that age of two. Mm-hmm. So he was maybe yeah. 27, eight months mm-hmm. when therapy started. Mm-hmm. And then we got cut off mm. because he was doing so well. Oh gosh. At the age of five, I want to say, boy, it's a long time ago. Um, so he had had, what is that? Three years of therapy. Um, they were great. They were great. The other services through the public school system, like OT and speech, right? Whatever. It was a. <laughs> it was just a waste of time. It turns out you knew more what your. Oh heavens, needed. yes, mm. yeah. yeah. I say that again. You knew more than yeah. them what your son needed. I had to. Yes, I didn't have a choice. I had exactly to. I. Right. I know. I know my kids. Yes. Like we all know our children, right? Right. But when you have a child that has special needs like that. Yes. You have to get to know him more. Yes. You are required to, if you're going to do what's in his best interest, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's not that our daughter was neglected or we, but I have to know him. That's right. Really, really well. Right. So, um, when he had the IEP, 
What's that stand for? The Individualized Education yes, Plan. Yes, there you like go. Mm-hmm. Good grief. It's been a long time. <laughs> um, they relied on me mm-hmm. a lot to formulate that plan because yes. they didn't know. They think they, think they do, but they don't. <laughs> no, they don't. So he would get pulled out of class for speech and OT. It was, uh, it was a joke, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, uh, and that's not their fault per se. It's just the system. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's the way it is. Right. But I will admit to you also that when we decided, I don't know if you're getting to this later, but when we decided to pull the kids out of public school, I will say that there was a part of me that was still afraid Mm. to do that because those services were always there. Remember, I didn't know anything about homeschool. So I didn't, I felt like it was maybe, I don't know if you would call it like an insurance policy mm-hmm. or just like the safety net or yeah. something like that. It was like, okay, those services are there if I need them. Yeah. And I remember thinking at the time when we pulled the kids out of public school that I wonder if I should continue those services mm-hmm. privately or maybe have our insurance company cover yeah. them or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I did look into that. But our insurance was not going to cover it. And I, you know, you have to remember, we had forked out a lot of money to private pay Mm -hmm. for some of his services. And even after he did get on the waiver program, we still had to pay. It was subsidized, but we still had to pay. Right. According to your income. That's how it works. But insurance doesn't want to pay out because they're like, we'll send him to the public school and it'll all be free. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So it turned out we didn't do that. Anyway, I didn't need it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So um, about that, at a certain point, you became um, disenchanted with public schools <laughs> in general, not just for Connor, right? For Lilia as right. well. Um, what happened there? So Lilia had been bullied in second grade, it started. Um, seriously bullied. Um, it's hard to imagine at the age of, what is that, seven-ish, that that goes on. But it definitely, definitely does. Uh, We had worked with the school through guidance counselors and her teacher, principal got involved. Mm. Um, They had pulled her out and tried to uh, have her... um, have, I don't know what they call it, like a play date or something with the people that were bullying her. That was a joke. Oh my God. That goodness. was horrible. Right. Yes, that was make, the worst let's idea. Let's make her spend more time with Yes, exactly. People. And, and not have recess, <laughs> oh my you know, goodness. right. So, um, yeah, it was, it was awful. And again, didn't, I didn't think I had any other option, mm-hmm. but you know, my husband and I are extremely involved as involved as we possibly can be. Right. Yeah. Um, the third grade for her. And remember Connor was in kindergarten at the time, mm-hmm. right? So then the next year she's in third, he's in first. Mm -hmm. And he had done, by the way, so well in kindergarten. He was uh, the furthest, furthest ahead Mm -hmm. in reading. Mm -hmm. Now this is my kid who was nonverbal. Yeah. He didn't speak till after age two. Yeah. He was 27, eight, nine months, something like that. When he said that word up, he had never babbled. He had never spoken ever. And now he's in kindergarten. Now, granted, he's a little older for, you know, his, you know, the rest of the class because his birthday lands in September, like I said. But yeah, I volunteered in that kindergarten classroom and I was the 
I was, one of my jobs was to put away the library books Mm. that they had put. So I knew, and I knew which books he was reading because they got brought home. And yeah, yeah. He was furthest ahead in reading. Mm. So when he went into first grade, he was in a first, second grade combo class. Wow. Because they thought he would do really, really well. Yeah. Yeah. He never made a friend. Mm. They could tell by first grade that he was different. So it wasn't that he was bullied yeah. in first grade, but he was ignored mm. in first grade. Mm. And then the next year, Lilia was in fourth grade, again, bullied. Mm. And Connor is now in second grade, but in the same class because it was in a combo class. Remember? Oh, sure. First grade. Uh-huh. Yeah. Same teacher. Um, but his bullying had started oh. again, second grade. Here we go again. Wow. And he came off uh, the school bus this one day. It was the end of October that it's kind of the beginning of that school year. And he came off the school bus and he said, mom, five boys pinned me down on the playground. Oh my goodness. And I said, you know, what happened? And he proceeded to tell me what had happened. Now these boys didn't hit him, but it was obviously an act of intimidation. Yes. And I said, did you tell someone, did you tell a grown up? Mm-hmm. And he said, yes. Yeah. So he used his words. Wow. He yeah. went up to the playground supervisor yeah. and told her what had happened. And you know what she said? I'll believe it when I see it. Mm. Oh my word. <sighs> At the public school. Uh-huh. And why wasn't she able to see it? I don't know. Five boys pinning down don't one other started. little boy. No, I mean, I just, where are your eyes is yep. what I would have said. Yep. But So that was the final straw. Yep. Connor, Connor could name all five boys. I sat down at the computer and whipped off a uh, email to the principal guidance counselor teacher. Mm-hmm. And, um, my husband was out of town at the time. He was in Seattle, as a matter of fact, <laughs> and told him what happened. And he said, we're done. He said, I don't know what we're going to do, mm-hmm. but we are done with all of this bullying. And so I met with the principal. She asked to speak with me um, that next day. Mm-hmm. And I went into her office and she apologized profusely. And I said, well, you have no reason to apologize. Not your fault. Although you do have to deal with that playground supervisor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's your job to manage that. But I can't control how other parents raise their children. Yeah. I can't control that. Mm-hmm. And these kids are learning this from somewhere at such a young age. And I remember Lilia's second grade teacher when we had met with her, you know, during this process of bullying or whatever. And she can, she knows what's going on. She can see. And she used a word that I'll never forget. She said, these girls are very covert. Wow. That's how young they start and how insidious and how, yeah, how covertly they work. They know when a teacher is watching or a supervisor, they know when to press buttons. They know, you know, how to get under somebody's skin and not to be seen. And of course they would. I mean, that's all our sin nature, but when there's no God involved in school and when there's not that calling out, and redirecting in that sin and talking about that. Right. Right. Then right. you had considered, so you, you didn't go straight to homeschool at this point. You had considered a Christian 
Yeah. Uh, private school. Because <laughs> remember, we, we don't know. Of course. Think that we're just qualified. Yeah. <laughs> so we had... I don't know if we knew. I think we maybe looked it up on the internet, to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. Saw that there, we, we knew we wanted a Christian school and saw that there was a Christian school in the area. We had called and made an appointment to visit mm-hmm. the following week. Because again, my, I wanted my husband to be there. Yeah. He was out of town, out of town at the time. Um, it was great. We had a wonderful experience. The, the tour that we took, we, we toured with the, principal or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went into classrooms, we went into the hallways, we toured the whole area, it explained what they, what they do and what they did and, and how they taught and the classroom. So, I mean, it was, it was really, I'll admit it was very impressive. Mm-hmm. It was very impressive. And we didn't want to send just one kid there. Obviously we wanted to send both kids there and we wanted them to be mm-hmm. together in the same school. And then we got the price tag. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> And we're like, wow, I, when do the expenses stop? Yeah. You know, I, I don't even know how to, how we would manage this. Yeah. You know, I mean, could we do it? Yes, mm-hmm. we could have done it, but it would have really been hard. Yeah. It yeah. would have really been hard. So uh, we came up with the idea somehow, some way of homeschool. I'm not sure how that ended up in I my brain. you told me because this principal headmaster is actually a homeschool dad. Oh, maybe that was it. And I remember you told me that he said to you, we're here. We would love to serve your kids, but if you can homeschool, homeschool. That could be it. That could <laughs> be you it. You know who we're talking about, yes, Jenny. Yes, that's really yeah, it. It's been so long. I don't yeah. know how. I remember you told me that story. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, somebody remembers. So that's great. Uh, yeah. Somehow that ended up on my brain and that yeah. could certainly well be. So we had looked into that. Um, I sought out a, again, on the internet, I found a name from somebody who had been in GBOC. The local uh, Christian homeschool organization here. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And she, I think her, there was like president, president or something behind her name, even though she wasn't at the time. And I called her. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it was a very awkward conversation, (laughs) (laughs) but I said, we're thinking about homeschooling and I found your name. On the internet. Yeah. Melinda. Oh, yes. Melinda Eck. Yes. Yes. We just interviewed her a few weeks ago. Get out. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> so we went, I went to her house <laughs> again. I mean, I, I think I had seen her at church yeah. a few times, but mm-hmm. um, I didn't really I know. know she was more than happy to answer all she your was. questions. Yeah, she was. <laughs> yeah. Here's this stranger coming into her house. Anyway, um, she's the one that got kind of got me on the path. Yeah. Um, it was still very overwhelming, mm-hmm. but that was the decision we ended up making. Mm-hmm. Um, I will be honest. It was just more of a financial decision oh, yeah. at first. Yeah. But once I got started, once we made the decision that this is the path we were going to go on, it was freeing. Mm-hmm. It really yes. was. It was like, wait a minute. I, it's not only like, I guess it's a control issue. That sounds bad. Um, <laughs> no, but wait a minute. I've been doing this all along. Now I can really do the whole it thing. It kind of now was. We're making right? it official. Yes, right? exactly. Because right. yeah. if you think about it, if you right. think about, look at Connor's journey in particular. Okay, yeah. both kids, but right. particularly Connor's yeah, journey. We're talking about Connor. Yeah. Right? Right. Think about when he was born yeah. and think about all of the colic and think about how 
how challenging that was. Mm-hmm. Now think about the diagnosis yeah. and how involved we were, particularly me, I'll be honest, because, you know, Galen was working, yeah. right? right? Right. How involved I was with his therapies. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and I, I mean, I was in there every time I, I could be yeah. we even set up a camera. That was a safety issue too, with mm-hmm. the therapist, but mm-hmm. also so I could hear what was going on and what they were teaching him. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. very, very involved sure. yeah. when his therapy stopped because he was cut off because yeah. he wasn't, I mean, he wasn't meeting the criteria any longer, which was a good thing. Yeah. Right. Right. But I kept going. Yes. I'm like, tell me what's, what, tell me what's to come for the next year or something. And I kept doing his therapy. Uh-huh. You know, you I were homeschooling. You just didn't I know. Was, yeah. I yeah. was, and I didn't even realize it at the yeah. time yeah. that this is how involved I yeah. wanted to yeah. be. Yeah. I hated that they went on the school bus. Like I said, yes. so it's like, yeah. I want to be a part of their yeah. lives. And now homeschool has dropped on my lap, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> I get to do this like legit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I dig this. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I never look back Mm -hmm. after that. Amen to that. Yeah. 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 And it's not as if, um, it was easy. It's not Mm -hmm. as if I didn't doubt myself. I mean, (laughs) thank goodness I had Tina to help me along the way and to encourage me and, and to really build me up Mm -hmm. and to help me realize that you're not going to screw up your kids, (laughs) which is part of what I was afraid of. But, um, I'll fear that, but yeah. Yeah. That was great. I still fear it in my kids. <laughs> They're adults, right? 20 and 18. Yeah. Um, so a lot of times people feel like they can't homeschool their kids with special needs in particular, right? They get all intimidated because, okay, maybe I could homeschool the quote unquote normal one. What's normal? I don't know. It's a setting yeah, right. on the dryer, right? But yeah, but not the one with special needs. And so, I mean, did you, was that an added stress on you or? Maybe- I, I would say, um, I, I guess I kind of hope Connor never hears this, but he, he's always taken extra effort mm-hmm. to raise as a child. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think that if any parent who has a special needs child were to be honest, mm-hmm. they would admit that. Yeah. It takes extra effort. Right. It takes extra time. Everything sure. is so much more purposeful. Yeah. His teaching is so much more purposeful. Yes. Things that um, typically developing kiddos catch on to that you don't have to, you know, you know that there's things they catch on to that you've never taught them, but they just do. That's less with um, kids with autism. Mm -hmm. Um, So everything is more purposeful and it's, I will, it's harder. Yeah. It it, it just is. What were some of those challenges coming? So here you are now, right? And I mean, even, even if it's not, even if you're not struggling with learning disabilities or anything like that, that transition can be hard from school to home. So tell for us, about us that. it wasn't that hard for us. It was like relief because you got to yeah. remember it wasn't just, it was, it wasn't just, oh, we're going from public school to homeschool. And yes, there's a transition. You've got to remember that both kids were bullied. Yeah. Yeah. So that, Good. that was gone now. Yeah, the constraints were, were, you could yeah. were free. There was freedom. Right. Yes. Right. In, in so many Safety ways. Safety in just yes. so many ways. Yes. So we did take a week of doing nothing. Yeah. And then, yeah, when we got into it, it was just complete relief for both of them. Mm-hmm. And there, and they, again, it wasn't, <clears throat> it wasn't always that way. <laughs> oh as, no. We all have our days, and, right? And, and, because here's the deal. You were almost, I mean, it was, it's, it's almost like slavery. 
parents, and I'll, I'll say this, okay, is slavery in a sense when you know what's best for your child and somebody is putting a constraint on you because you're here, you are thinking, well, I just want to do the best. I'm going to follow their advice, though. I can clearly see the advice isn't really working, but I have to keep doing it because I'm in this system. Right. So there the constraints were gone. Right. And you could just be, you knew enough that, okay, you know what? Now we're just going to do right. no, uh, you know, book work or no. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice. Freedom. But when the book work did start, I was scared. It's like, okay, now how do I not screw them up? Yeah. <laughs> you know, how do I, I mean, I got to prepare them for, you know, your mind just goes a million miles a minute. You're like, well, okay, I got to get them ready for middle school and elementary <laughs> I mean, and high school and college. And, what and they're like seven the and nine and you're yeah, thinking yes, about I know yeah. exactly. <laughs> right. And I laugh now thinking about it, you know, because now you have all of this quote unquote wisdom. And, and it's like, you know, I, I remember a parent saying to me, who was also a homeschool mother. And she had seven kids, mm. nine, a lot. Anyway, <laughs> and I remember her saying to me, she says, Denise, even if you do nothing mm. but not have them in the public school, they will benefit. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I mean, I, I appreciated that at the time. Yeah. But I look back on that now because she had, you know, older kids. She was much more wise than I was. (laughs) And she was absolutely right. That's how after all of these years, that's how I feel. And as a matter of fact, you know, my daughter just graduated from Fox Valley Tech Mm -hmm, in interior mm -hmm. design with an associate degree. And how old is she? She's 19. Mm -hmm. And she just told me a couple of days ago, she said, you know what, mom, no offense. I'm really glad that you homeschooled us. No offense, but I really didn't learn much. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Are you kidding me? And we went through, but she says, you know, it's just life, yeah. you know, that you go through. Now, granted, we all could read, you know, we could all go back in our history when we were students. We learned more than we yeah. can yeah. You know, say we did. Yes. But really, it, yeah. It, yeah. Well, and the, and the, she was equipped. She was equipped yeah. to be successful yes. herself. Right. 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 And that's. And now Connor, you know, he's 18. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if you're there yet. <laughs> you can go there. You just but, keep going. Yep, we, don't, yep. we don't need this. He's a high school senior. Yeah. He's right? a high school senior. Mm-hmm. And he just finished taking uh, two classes at Fox Valley Tech mm-hmm. with his sister. It just so happened that he's those dead. are the same two classes that she had to take. They were gen <laughs> ads that she had to take to finish her associate degree. And uh, he got accepted into the accounting program mm-hmm. as yes. a high school senior. Yep. And uh, so these are two classes they took together. This was a perfect segue for Lilia to be ending, Mm -hmm. for Connor to be beginning. Mm -hmm. And she was able to kind of help him through that process. Mm -hmm. Um, And he did very well. Got an A in one class and a B in another, you know, as a high school senior with autism. Uh, you know, so, um, yeah, so he's he's done well. Yes, he has. uh, Very well. Yeah. And so, wait, he is how old though? He's 18. He's 18. Yeah. Yeah. His birthday's in September. Like I said, so he's, he's a older for his. He met class. all the criteria. Yeah. That you had established yeah. so long ago. <laughs> and he's ahead of the game because he's still yeah. in high school and he's taking college classes. And yeah. Doing well, right. So right. yeah. Teaching him is again, always very purposeful. Yeah. Uh, it takes more time. It takes more explanation. Mm-hmm. He's more of a visual learner. Mm-hmm. He likes to have things in order. 
-hmm. likes to have things checked off. So for example, um, when I did his, uh, I always bought him a daily planner every Mm -hmm. school year. Was that for both the kids or was that especially important for him? That just what you said. It was for both kids. Okay. I did that for both. Mm -hmm. Um, As Lilia got older, it was like not as important. And sometimes she can follow it. And that's Lilia. (laughs) Um, But for Connor, he would follow that daily planner to a T. And it took me a long time. I mean, I would spend my summer or whatever. It'd take me several hours. Yeah. Because I go through every subject, put it on every day. These are the pages you need to read and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. Um, But he liked that structure. Mm -hmm. And he appreciated being able to check it off mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Now, if something came up, he was either sick or we went out of town or something like that. Then he would kind of stress a little bit yeah. over, okay, I missed that day. I missed that day. And I'm like, okay, it's okay. It's all right. You know, we'll get through it. Well, that's your opportunity but, to teach him coping skills then, right? Because oh, we did a lot of that. <laughs> life is, well, I mean, life is going to throw us all curveballs. Right. And, you know, I think... Correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, a symptom quote unquote of autism is that desire for structure and routine Absolutely. and pattern, right? And if you get out of it, it can be really stressful, but, Absolutely. but life is not always patterned. No. <laughs> so. And we've taught him that from a very early age, yeah. we would say things like, well, that's life. Get used to it. I mean, not in a harsh <laughs> way, but just, yeah. you know, in yeah. a practical sort of way, you're going right. to have to live with that. Right. He doesn't yeah. like it. Yes. Right. And he's gotten better yeah. as he's gotten older. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as far as you were asking about teaching, you know, th- those yeah. are some of the things that we would have to do just to um, make it uh, more manageable mm-hmm. for him and less stressful for him. So did you change curriculum between the two kids? Good grief. Yes. <laughs> so All different things for her versus him. Absolutely. Okay. Was it because of his autism or just because he's a different kid? I think just because he was a different kid mm-hmm. and his learning style is different and um, his interests are different. And yeah, um, there'd be some subjects that we would do together mm-hmm. that were just more fun, like science, mm-hmm. something like that. But um, because they were so close in age, yeah, um, we were able to do that from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, but their interests were just so different. And, um, and, and that, and that turned out okay. I mean, it's not like I had six kids to worry about. I only had two. Yeah. Um, so it was manageable that way. I used a very, um, I guess you would call it eclectic yep. type of curriculum. I would use a piece of this from this company and a piece of that from that company. And I would really put a probably more effort than I should have put <laughs> into a lot of thought. Yeah. I mean, again, you know, your kids so well yeah. and you want to just do what's best for them and yeah. what is going to make their learning experience yeah. more rich. Yeah. And, um, so I put a lot of effort into that and then halfway through the year, be like, I don't know why I did that <laughs> because it really doesn't matter. <laughs> Yeah. But, yeah, but so that's we, a learning process I'm too, saying, right? Yes, in, the, in the homeschooling mom world, right? right? And it's life and life morphs and, right. and they change and they grow and, and then you adjust yeah. and then you get to the end of the school year and it's like, well, maybe I should have spent so much time doing that, but here I go again the next year. <laughs> Cause by God. Yeah. Isn't uh, that it? Yeah. It's always right. Right. I'm mm-hmm. dying to know what, because I, this is, The autism thing is such a prevalent topic. Yeah. And I mean, there's so many that, you know, when they're new, so many new homeschoolers coming to the table right now. And, um, are you finding a lot of them with special needs and have kids with autism? Yes. And, and, you know, it's, 
when you don't have kids, you know, when you're not dealing with that, it's hard enough to want to jump right in. And it's hard enough, you know, you already, you feel not equipped, but what advice, Denise, would you, would you tell these parents? What advice? They're doubting themselves. Yeah. I I was there too. Mm -hmm. Right. I didn't think that I could, that I could do it. But once I did, like I said, it was, it was freeing Mm -hmm. to do it. I don't, I guess I don't want to, the older I get, I, I judge less, you know what I'm saying? As a parent, because you know how hard parenting is, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're younger, it's like, well, you should do that or you should do this. And I wouldn't do that and whatever. And as you age Mm -hmm. and you raise your kids into, you know, adolescence and adulthood, you realize, wow, this is tough. Right. Maybe I shouldn't be so judgmental. Right. Right. Um, But, but with that said, what I would say is that if you do have a child with special needs to try as a believer, mm-hmm. trust in the Lord. And I know that sounds sometimes kind of empty, but I look back on how his hand mm. has been in our lives, but particularly Connor's things I never, ever could have planned mm. for him. Um, that have taken place for his benefit and for his good. Mm. I would hope that every parent that has a child with autism or somewhere on that spectrum Mm -hmm. would give it their all. I feel like that, particularly with kids with autism, although we could say that about every kid Mm -hmm. of ours, right? Every child of ours, that we need to give our all because that's the responsibility that the Lord has placed on us to do, right? right? Mm -hmm. Is is to be all we can be as a a mother. Yep. Children with autism need that extra. Mm. And you've got to be willing to give it. Mm. And the reason I guess I say it that way is because I have met in my past being on this autism journey, so to speak, mm-hmm. parents who aren't willing, mm-hmm. they have this diagnosis. They may or may not be a believer. Okay. Mm-hmm. But regardless, they have this diagnosis and some parents are willing to give and some are just not. Yeah. And it saddens me. It's hard. It's hard to see. I suppose that would be in many circumstances in life where you see somebody suffering, let's say, and you like, if you just did this, you know, if you just did that, I could, you on the outside could see somebody, you know, it's easy to, to be judgmental, but I would hope that they would give all they possibly can because they need it. Yeah. I know it takes extra time. I know it takes extra effort. I know it's hard. Mm -hmm. I know that you have to, we gave up a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I look back on it now and I feel like in a way in the, in the world's eyes, we gave up a lot mm-hmm. in the Lord's eyes. We gave up nothing and we gained a lot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if you look at it in that perspective of it, in, in God's world, in the big picture of things, we are so much richer and have gained so much because of this journey, so to speak, that we've been on. In the world's eyes, we've not had all the things. I mean, if you just thought financially mm-hmm. alone mm-hmm. That's right. or time mm-hmm. yeah, of all the things that we in their eyes could have had. Yeah. But it, it requires extra. Mm-hmm. It requires everything. 
And if your goal in mind is, okay, I'm going to do all I can, maybe he or she will go on to live independently. Maybe they won't, but this is what I need to do as a parent, as a mother, I need to do all I can to help them be successful. And you've got to be able to give. And you may feel at times like it isn't worth it, Mm -hmm. but it is. Mm It is. And it, it hurts me to see people who are like, I can't give that up. Mm. I can't give up my job. I gave up my job. Yeah. I don't, I guess I never really said that, but I ended up doing that shortly after we started homeschooling. Yes. (laughs) And I thought that I could do it all. I thought I could, I can continue with my job. I did go down to Mm part-time in nursing Mm -hmm. and, um, and homeschool my kids. Yeah, no. That didn't work out very well. So we lost that income. Yeah. You know, it took a, you know, I went from full time to significant. So it was, yes, it was significant. No doubt about it. Mm -hmm. Um, So we made adjustments. Mm -hmm. I know without saying names, people who will not do it. Mm -hmm. I will not give up my job. I know my kid or kids have autism and I'm not going to do it. Mm -hmm. And I, 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 I don't know what to say to that. It hurts especially when they're young, because those windows of opportunity, that's exactly what they are. And if you wait too long, I'm not saying that, you know, it's impossible, but you wait too long and you, you see the consequences of that. Yeah. So when God calls us to something, he always equips us. Yay. And I thank you so much, Denise, for just sharing this incredible, incredible story. And, and Denise is proof and she is a hero in God's eyes. Oh, you're going to give me goosebumps. (laughs) And guess what? You are a hero listener because God has called you. He has equipped you for this task. And we need to take that seriously. When God calls you to something, then that's where you go full, full pace, not backing down like a mighty warrior. Thank you for joining us today. I hope that you know that you are the very best model of learning for your children. Be blessed.